And welcome back to another episode of the Los Ponies Podcast. We're deep inside the, the nice and cushy Los Ponies Studios here at Los Alamitos Racecourse. Welcome back, Curtis. How was the week in between? Oh, it was very good. I'm, we got a... Happy New Year's. Ha- Happy New Year's, everybody. We were out in Hemet for mm-hmm. the f- to watch the ball drop. I'm, I'm getting a little older. I've seen every ball drop. <laughs> and this was the first time I was like... I don't know if I'm going to make it or not. It was like 10 o'clock, oh, me too. and I was ready to pass oh, out. Oh, I was ready to knock out <laughs> at 11. Uh, yeah, we're getting old now. I was sitting there, and it, 10 o'clock rolled around, and I just looked, and I thought, I think I'm going to have to go to bed. Like, I, <laughs> And then we were watching all the performances on TV, and mm-hmm. of course it was raining in New York, but everybody was uh, having a good time out there. They All uh, Seacrest and Jenny McCarthy, they were partying in the rain, and uh-huh. uh Finally watched the ball drop, so uh, we're ringing in the new year, and I'm ready to go. It was uh, it was definitely a, a good week in between. And what did I tell you, Curtis? I told you I had a good vibe to the new season of the podcast, which coincided with the new season of the of the uh, of the season here at Los Al. Mm-hmm. Both locks, both locks. Yes, they both passed. God, that we, felt so good. We we felt good coming into the show, and we talked about it. Uh, I think my lock was fans on the run. Mm-hmm. If I remember correctly, early in the card, and the new Curtis, the new you, picking a quarter <laughs> horse, going eight seventy, got the job done. Uh, yeah, go cash DVB uh, won the way. I, th- I think a quarter horse is going to win an eight seventy race. Just barely, just barely on. held on. You know, got out there in front and, and, and held on. So I was glad we could get both of them home. I threw your horse in. Uh, because you gave it away, I didn't have it in my top three. But once you made it the lock, I threw it in a pick four. We got by on that one, so uh, yeah, brought home two locks, ready to start the new year. I can't can't complain. We can just do a highlight show, and that would be the highlight show at the beginning of the year, right? <laughs> Come on, we have to have more than that, right? <laughs> I don't think we can top it like that to begin the year. But yeah, that was a good way to to get the season underway. And uh, this week we're recording on Saturday, looking at Sunday's card because we got the Grade One Charger Bar. Before we dive into the to the card on Sunday, we have some topics for the after show. We'll save them for the after show. But before that, let's recap the the championship at Sunland. Uh, it looked like a two horse race on paper. Yep. And it played out like a one horse race on the racetrack. Jesse's first down. He's going to rack up his third world champion in a, in a row. I'm pretty sure. I don't yeah, think anyone's I mean, going to. Yeah. He he went four for four, all grade ones, and we thought Major Bites was uh, going to be right there with him. Maybe the Ponce. Uh, yep. Just being a hero down along the inside, but he just crushed him. He made it look too easy from the outside. And it's not like the other two had any like any real trouble. They got away cleanly. No, nope. top, the top three really had had their trips. But uh, Jesse's first down gets the job done. Is he a six year old or an eight year old? God, I don't. I'm not sure. I want to say six. I'm not sure actually. Like yeah, he might be eight. He he's up there. He he's definitely up there. He I at first. Thought I, I would split it and say seven, just just to go with the average. <laughs> but I, in my but, mind, I keep thinking an even number for some reason. So either he's six or he's eight. Yeah, I don't. Know. He's still, he's running like a like a three year old yeah, right yeah. now. I'm curious to see if they run him again next year. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's still at the top of the game. He's crushing every other horse. He's a gelding. He, there's no uh, there's no stud to go to. So uh, if he's sound. I mean, I say run him again. Why not? He, Why he's not? out there still blowing him away across the town. So he, he's just uh, he needs to make their way down to Los Al. He wants he needs yeah, to yeah. come over here, see if he can take the test and uh, and face off the the California horses. That was the one big gripe I think everybody has is that uh, he's never come out for the champion of champions. Hey, that was my main knock on him all year long. He's never he's never come out here to 
to run uh, against these kind of rules and, and over this track. So uh, that's where it's at. Yeah, I mean, we saw Bodacious Eagle come out here yeah. uh, and be successful, obviously winning the champion of champions. And uh, he might have been coming out here to avoid uh, Jesse's first down the rest of the year because, I mean, Jesse's had his number uh, uh -huh. in the past. And, yeah, it's just uh, another jewel, I think, that he would need uh, to be considered one of the greatest of all time. I mean, I believe he already is one of the greatest, but he comes out and wins the champion of champions. I think he could be considered the greatest of all time. Yeah, that's, that's definitely going to be uh, a horse to watch if he makes it back in 2019. We are in 2018 right now, so happy new year to the, all of you out there, to the listeners of, our, of the podcast. Uh, you know, we joke around that we have five loyal listeners, but really it's, I've been pretty pleased uh, as far as the growth, as far as how many people listen to it. And look, me and you, you know, I text you with the idea of it just because either way, we come here early to Los Al, Yep. and we sit in the press box and we chat back and forth about some horses and I was like, why not just record ourselves and... You know, maybe some people can enjoy the, the banter and, of course, trying to talk race by race. But overall, thanks for the people that have been listening to the yep. podcast. Uh, even your mom gave us a listen yeah. last year. Remember? <laughs> yeah, she uh, she finally tuned in. Uh, she she got a hold of it uh, through the Los Al website. That's when she finally listened to it. But, I mean, owners, gamblers, yes. trainers are, are uh -huh. I'm surprised at the trainers. Yeah, hey, when, tra when trainers and owners are tweeting at us, yeah. what's the episode? You know, it's a good thing. Sometimes uh, the trainers can be a little uh, technologically uh, <laughs> impaired, I, I should say. I mean, my dad finally got a smartphone like yeah. a year ago after hey. having a flip phone for so long. So, yeah, I'm, I'm glad uh, everybody kind of is on our side and gives it uh, any constructive feedback, hey, too. that's it, If yeah. you want to give us, that, that's yeah. fine as well. We're open to it. Uh, yeah. uh, we're not going to stub our nose at anybody. But, yeah, we just we, we do it for the love of the game here. Yeah, we love we, coming to Los Al. We like to have fun, and, of course, the banter is fun as well. We have plenty of uh, topics for the after show, but let's right, let's dive right back into the into the racing program here at Los Al. Let's see if we can sweep with the locks once again. Here. Excellent. That so sounds Sunday good to me. night featuring the Grade One Charger Bar. What a field, by the way. That's a very very good field in the Charger yeah, Bar. Yeah, we got all the all the good mares uh, back again. Uh, Chris O'Dell looks to to be loaded. All his mares coming out and looking good. But uh, maybe we can upset them. Uh, you'll have to tune in. All right, race number one. Uh, four and a half Thoroughbreds claiming sound winners of two fillers their mare, which have now won, never won two races. Three-year-olds, and we got a field of six set to post. One of my favorites is going to be the five, Garlis Gal for Chuck Trees, who just won a race across town at Santa Anita. Is he going to take it right here to begin the card? Yeah, it's hard for me to go against the Trees barn. <laughs> I, I, I always have a tough time, but I'm going with the hometown oh, crew yes. right mm -hmm. here. I'm going to go here to the five, Garlis Gal. First time off the claim for my dad, Vinny Bednar uh, steps aboard. One first time out here at Los Al after dropping down from Santa Anita. Uh, you know, got to the front, was setting the pace, lugged out around the turn, but still powered away well. He gets claimed here, you drop him right back in for 2,500. There's not a whole lot of other speed in here, so I'm hoping just can improve a little, run that same race. I think should be good here in the first. And one of my angles that I don't know if it's a profitable angle or just an angle, but Richard Tilly. First off to claim with your dad, I think they do pretty well when they do first off to claim. Yeah, Richard Till, he's uh, one of our, our more lucky owners. Uh, he always seems to to do very good claims. I mean, he's he watches the races. He knows which horses are there, and he even helps out a little in the morning, too. So uh, he's down there getting his hands dirty. So, uh, yeah, he's uh, he's one of my dad's uh, best owners right now. If you see him, his horses are usually pretty live. 
And, uh, you know, by the way, I wanted to keep this until, until the after show, but since we're already talking about the races, you guys are going to notice no Kelly McDade in the, yes. in, the, in the entries. And might as well talk about it right now since yep. we're already talking about the races. But a report came out. Did you, did you break the news on Twitter? Were you the one that broke it? I did not. Another one of the, uh, the Los Al followers, uh, they broke it first, but okay. I, had, I didn't hear it from him. I heard about it um, through somebody else, and I just couldn't believe it. I mean, if you would, if somebody would like dropped in my DMs and told me, "Hey, uh, Kelly's retiring," I would be yeah. like, "No way!" What? I was shocked. Somebody just comes into Losal. She barely even loses her bug, and she gets the. the I don't even think she lost her bug. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't think it. I don't know how that works. Yet. Honestly, like, is Payer still riding with the bug? I think they said it's a year from your fifth. Uh, race you've won is when okay. you lose your bug completely, and okay. of course you drop down in weight, uh, yeah. wins by wins. But I mean, with Juan Sanchez being injured, uh, Pierce is kind of riding back and forth between uh, the big circuit and Los Al, and then Vinny was kind of making the transition full time to Quarter Horse. Mm -hmm. It looked like Kelly was, you know, Prime poised to, to, yeah. to, to win her second leading thoroughbred riding title. And all of a sudden, they said that she was hanging it up, and I couldn't believe it. I, I had to go on Twitter and ask. And, uh, yeah, and, and there was an article written there by Professor G, our publicity and marketing department here at Los Al. And uh, it's on the website here at LosAl.com. And, yeah, McDade said it's true. I'm not going to ride in 2019. Um, she's going to talk more in detail about in the PCKHRA banquet in January 24th, so she'll be in attendance. But, uh, yeah, she's stepping away there for from racing. I don't know if she'll come back, but she is 30 years old. Uh, she she is a trained nutritionist, and she has a business business idea that she'd like to she'll like to pursue. So uh, we wish her the best. I know she says she might still be galloping in the mornings, mm -hmm. and of course working with horses. But uh, yeah, she you know she won. Uh, she came, she conquered, and she decided yeah. to to give up the tack. I mean, I'm still shocked that uh, she's not going to ride. I I really think. I think when you win right off the bat like that, the bug's still got to be there. Because I'm sure you saw when she would come into the winner's circle yeah. how happy yes. she was. One of the few riders actually got cheers here mm -hmm. uh, when she would come into the winner's circle. Yeah. I mean, I just couldn't believe that she stepped away. But obviously, uh, she has something else on her mind, and uh, maybe she's passionate about that a little bit more. But hopefully, we'll see her again. All right, so that's a little bit of a, about Kayla McDade. Hopefully, uh, we wish her the best in whatever she does. So... Uh, she had a, a sensational 2018 here at Los Al. I am in agreement with the house horse here, Garlos Gal. Uh, no, I just think there's not a lot of speed here in this spot. And I think she could come out running here. First off, to claim for for Chuck. I'll go to the two here. Bob be gone uh, for second. Uh, I like the way she she finally broke through last time out after a, a couple of runner-up finishes. Um, you know, Little AJ, Mergy Troy, the ones that finished behind her. Uh, have been knocking on the door before, but I like what I saw as far as uh, getting that job done. That might be a confidence booster there after uh, a long time going be between first and second win. So I go 5-2 and the one Cubby Cat for third. Uh, this one ran a game second there at 35-1 to one last time out. Uh, she always seems to be in the mix of things. I don't know if she might go off higher than the morning line, but I expect it to be in the mix there for the tries and, and exactas down the stretch so five two one for me in race number one yeah we're pretty much the same except i'm gonna swap my second place horse for the other jesus mendoza runner the four oh my soul 
who's run pretty uh, good races back to back here. One last time out for 2,500. That was at four furlongs, stretching back out to four and a half. But Pierce has been red hot. Is going to really have to press the pace here with Gallo's Gal. Is going to have to show a little more down the stretch than it, than it has. So I, I, that's why I really like the five. I think will probably be my single here early on, and then I'm going to go to the one Cuvée Cat because. I'm going to need a closer in yes. here to chase uh, a lot of the speed in here. I don't think Cuvée Cat has enough to win, but should be closing late. All right, race number two, 870-yard event for claimings, claiming event for going for a tag of $10,000. And this is a this is salty race. This yes. is a salty 870-yard event because this is an open claimer, no conditions. Uh, we got a field of seven. Yeah, field of seven. And, uh, you know, the morning favorite is going to be here, the, the three... Yeah, the three red one and dying. Just like favorite there at three to one. Very competitive field. Who'd you pick here in race number two? I went to the inside. Stoney's Mr. Cruiser here. I, this horse likes you know being along the rail. One last time out. It even had a trouble trip, lacked room and steadied on the turn, but still rallied going away against Mike Capullo and Devil's Informer who are in here. But you know, it was losing form there, three and four back. But Kelly Castaneda has really turned his horse around and run two really good efforts, 45-27 and 45-32. As long as this horse can hold the rail, I think we'll be pretty tough here in a second. I was visually impressed with the win two starts back there for Sony Mr. Cruiser, where uh, this horse went pretty much white throughout there from the outside post and still got the job done by two and three-quarter lengths. I'm going to pick the one for third on my numbers. For my top choice, I am going to go to the three here, red, wine, and dine for... Rafael De, Le De Leon uh, shows speed and, and tired to fourth last time out. Uh, but later, earlier in the summer, this horse uh, was riding, uh, uh, was racing well, excuse me, here locally, both over the 870 yard distance and also over the daytime. This one knocked out back to back wins under Aga Pito Delga <laughs> Theo. So I'm going to pick the three here, Red One and Dine. I think he's got enough speed to get himself into a good position. Uh, and maybe track the track the leaders and, and make that move. So I'll go three, seven, one. El Coreano is going to be my second choice of seven for Angie Aquino. Uh, Ashley and Angie, they're off and running to the new season. Yes, they're they're, they're going to win a lot of races in 2019. Uh, and this horse, if this horse repeats that effort two starts back. Watch out, they might be running for second. Yeah, but uh, I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give him a little bit of shot here for second. He's got plenty of speed. He's got the outside post. Let's see if he can clear and crossover. So, three, seven, and one for me in race two. Yeah, I think that shows how difficult this race yes. is. I, I'm going with two horses you didn't include. I went the one on top, and then I'm going to go to the four Devils Informer for second here, stepping up in class for Robert Lucas. Uh, not going to be a whole lot of strategy in here. I'm just going with the horses I think are going to be out there winging on the front end. And I think Devil's Informer is definitely going to be right there. Had some trouble in the last race against Stoney's Mr. Cruiser. Was bumped at the start and then kind of forced out near the eighth pull there. And Edgar Pires sticks with this horse over the five Rocky Show, who I did pick for third. Ulysses gets aboard this horse. You know, was last seen dropping a nose photo in the daytime, you know, two outs ago. One and 4561 is really going to have to go faster than that. But I see this horse getting a stocking trip behind the top pair. Um, you know, is he going to be able to take him around the turn? Uh, I hope so. Yep. I hope El Coriano doesn't get up in there. <laughs> I think you kind of envision that trip yeah. uh, for it as well. But uh, Rocky Show definitely has the stamina, but I think he needs to be a lot earlier. So Look, we'll see. Yeah, this is a tricky race. If you can get out of this race with a single, you're 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 pretty much solving the. You're very brave court. if you single yeah. in this race. If somebody can find a single <laughs> in this spot, uh, you can get out of pretty much 
try to make this pick four into a into a very easy pick three because if you get out of this race with the least coverage as possible you'll be in good shape i'll go uh three seven one one four five all right race number three four and a half furlongs uh for phillies and merit three o's and upward am i looking this right look at this purse fourteen thousand five hundred is this correct yeah wow we have some uh another big purse uh coming up too yeah uh in that allow in the in the fourth race we'll, Ooh, we'll talk about that but this. yeah the purses are big 14, tonight 14,500 <laughs> and you're telling me that a horse that uh has been running against 25 3200 claimers you can enter this one for a 14,000 dollar purse wow that that can make the race very very interesting in this spot oh yes Yes, yes, yes. The lock? The lock of the night. I'll go first. This okay, is my go first. ahead. Lock of the night here coming up from race number three. I know your lock is towards the, the latter half of the races. But lock of the night, the one saddle club here for Jesus Nunez. I think this horse has been the lock once in the in that five-race win streak that he has rattled off now, that she has rattled off now. There's plenty of speed. She can clear. I was impressed with how speedy she was last time out. We, I expected her to sit second, but boy, she rocketed out of the gate, took control, and took him all the way in 52 and, and 51 and 2. Now gets claimed back by the same owner and trainer that lost her two starts back. So I like the claim back angle. She's ultra sharp here, Losal. Give me Saddleclop, the lock of the night here from post one. Yeah, I think Saddleclop's going to be pretty tough here. He's definitely going to be on the front end on the horse that I like on top. I'm going to go 5-1 to one to try an upset here. Mm. I'm going to go to the 4, Belligerent here for Kelly Castaneda. First time off the claim, you know, ran here at the nighttime, first time out, and, uh, you know, won pretty easily, vied 4 wide and cleared. You know, stepping up to the $5,000 level is going to have to battle with Saddle Club early on. I'm just hoping that dropping down in class, you know, from uh, the allowance levels there in the daytime, you know, they pick it up, and really this is a, a level suited for Belligerent, so I'm hoping just we'll be able to finish outfinish Saddle Club there in the stretch. And then I'm going to go to the 7, Adroit, on the outside. Again, a Richard Tilly runner here for my claim. dad. Mm -hmm. uh, this horse ran really well first time at Los Al for Angie. You know, they claimed it for 32, stepped it up to 5, and this horse has just had to go too wide and was really running late. So I think it's going to be in a good spot here, tracking the 4 and the 1, you know, we'll be rolling late, and then I went to your lock, Saddle Club down along the inside. We'll see if uh, you're riding a big win streak. Yes. Can uh, this horse go you six? You just wonder when, when it will end. Right? But uh, we'll definitely be out there, draws the rail, uh, goes from Vinny to Orduno Rojas, so he's going to get that weight break. I think that'll help. So uh, I think he should be in there. The question is, uh, can he handle the step up? You're tossing the 9-5 to five favorite. Chuck to it out. Sunset Medley? Just chuck wow. it out. Wow. Look, to me, of course, the lock is going to be the one, but I'm, I am scared of the six. I put her for second just because of the class drop and just because this horse has raced here locally over this nighttime mobile before. You see an 870-yard event back in August. Mm -hmm. You see the maiden breaking score here back in June. So there's some local experience over the nighttime lights. So uh, I'm scared of the six, but lock of the night is going to be the one saddle club. And then for third, I'll go to the seven here, Adroit. First off the claim, Richard Tilly, Chuck Trees. We talked about how we usually like to see horses get a race over the track and then improve second time out. Uh, got caught wide, wide last time out, and she only got missed by two and a quarter lengths. So not much there uh, considering all the ground loss on, on the outside. So I'll go one, six, seven with the lock of the night saddle club in race number three. And I'm going four, seven, one. 
Race number four, the payoff leg of the early pick four. We got an allowance, $20,000. Yes. 350 yards. Look, there's with these kind of, if you're racing for these kind of purses, there's no excuse to not come to Los This is what I kind of, I text Orlando about, and I said, if we could make the allowance races all like this, yes, I think we would keep a lot of older horses for sure. here. They wouldn't uh, travel here for the big races mm. and then leave and go out of state to, you know, where they have slot supplemented purses yes. and they could jack the allowance purses way up. And that was one thing that I first looked at this because I saw all these good runners. Yes. And I thought, well, this must be a little stakes race yes. early on in the night. But no, it was an allowance race for $20,000. And, and given so, it, I think they made it 20000 because these are a lot of the mares that did not get into the grade one charger. Yes. So they wanted to up the purse and make it a little bit more enticing there for them to run in this spot. So race number four, 350-yard allowance, purse of $20,000, 350 yards. We got a full field of 10 set to go. Who'd you pick here in race number four? Well, Monty, if you're listening, I need Duck Dash and Go tomorrow <laughs> night. I'm going to the seven. Uh, ran a good third last time out in the challenge, in the rerunning of the challenge, yes. I should say, uh, which one seat, uh, one sweet race and tickle your fancy we're in. Uh, just stumbled and brushed at the start, but only lost by three quarters of a length and shortens up here to 350 yards, which I think better suits Duck Dash and Go, who's a really quick horse early. So I'm hoping to fire a big effort here. Hey, you remember, I was, I was all. Team on Team Doug Dash and Go that night. Yes, I liked it that night. She stumbled, but she still fired a pretty good effort there to finish third. So of course I'm going to come back with her here on top for second. I'll go to the one here. One Hot Habit. One Hot Habit ran a game second there. <laughs> I mean, if you go back and watch that no contest effort. Yeah. I mean, she almost won it despite kind of walking out of the gate. Yeah. I mean, that was one thing we we say this horse has seconditis, and sure enough. Something happens in the race, and one hot habit still runs second. Yeah, second. So she she wasn't able to come back in the finals in the rerun, excuse me. So uh, they they gave her some break, uh, some time off. She now comes back in this spot, and of course you see seven seconds from eighteen starts. Yep. Second itis is a worry, but she she definitely runs a pretty good effort when she when she wants to. So I'm going to pick her for second, and then I'll go to the nine here, uh, Elicity. Juan Alaman, 2019. <laughs> you know what I mean. He, this horse Ayala there, rode a pretty good fourth. Was in contention early on with the leaders last time out, and uh, was out finishing the final yards. So now cuts back 50 yards. I think that could help the nine here at Licity. So I'll go seven one nine in race number four. Yeah, we got the same exacta. I like seven one, and then I'm gonna go to the eight on our way. Who's had trouble? In the last three starts, you know, lugged out and bumped, fractious in the gate, and then broke in, took an awkward step. But before that, this horse was running in good form, and I like that five back went 17.58, just dropped a head photo to a horse. I know you like CM Boom Shakalaka, yeah. and over the Paul Jones runner, unblemished. If uh, she can just get back to that effort, I think this is her best distance. Should be pretty good here. All right, recap. I'll go 7.19. 7.18. Race number five, Maidens. Going to 807 yard event. Uh, we got a field of seven. And there's a tricky read on some of these runners. We got a, some lightly race runners. We got some uh, a six time maiden. We got a couple of uh, horses that have been raining, have raced over the daytime circuit. We got a field of seven. Who'd you pick here in race number five? I'm going to go to the favorite, the Bull Moose here uh, for Brian Pitnick. Just been facing better across town, but. Uh, 
you know, ran in Del Mar and then ran here in the daytime, but I think showed enough early on to be forwardly placed. You know, the 7 has shown early speed in these 870s, but I think the class drop and just being forwardly placed there in the tougher levels should put this horse on the front end. Uh, hopefully, just shortening up from 5.5 to 870 can get this horse to finish. You know, only lost by 3 uh, in a maiden 20 there, so hopefully just... Uh, you know, coming here against an easier field, shortening up to 870, Vinny climbs aboard, should be pretty good. Yeah, I agree. I agree here with the morning line favorite, the Boo Moose, and with you. Uh, the only thing that worries me a bit is that he's gotten away a bit slowly in both starts. True. He can't afford to get off uh, very slow in this start because they're, they're going to be uh, duking it out of the gate here. So he can't afford to give up too much ground. But I, I think the, the, the class here and the late kick are going are gonna to be enough to get the job done. But he needs to get away cleanly. Not on top, but just cleanly with the field there. And the bull moves should get the job done. I'll go to the seven there for second. First stone owned and trained by Robert Lucas. Uh, Robert closed out 2018 on a good roll. He, I want to say the last two months were very good yeah. for, for Robert Lucas. Edgar Payeres rode this one last time out. Finished, finished fifth there as a betting favorite. But has been fresh since then. Draws the outside. Uh, I think the seven could be well meant in this spot. So six, seven, and five for me. Miss Blue, Miss Blue by you. The other horse dropping in from the daytime. Showed a little bit of pace to to track the the early leaders there, and then faded down the stretch. Uh, but I think the five could could improve second time out. So uh, I expect a little bit more speed from the five here. Six, seven, five for me in race number five. Yeah, same numbers, just a little different order. I like six. And then the five miss blue by you, you know, has every right to improve shortening up and making the second start. And then the seven first stone for Robert Lucas, yeah, has already run here, is familiar with the low south surface, should be out there in front, but uh, the stamina is a question for me. All right, race number six, claiming event, 300 yards, $16,000. Purse of 10000 another nice purse here for to begin the, the, the quarter horse event of the program. Uh, actually, we began in race number four, so continue the quarter horse part of the program. 300 yards here. We got a field of six set to go. The morning favorite is going to be the six at a slight five to two. That is going to be PJ's Flying Dynasty. Are you with or against the six PJ's Flying Dynasty? I'm against the six, and I'm going to the inside. A political gamble. We First agree. First time off the claim we here. We agree. Uh, how long have you been waiting for someone to claim this horse? Uh, I think this has been on everybody's list. Yes. It finally happens in year six for this gelding. <laughs> uh, but, you know, always looked like it had some talent. Mm -hmm. I think we're just thinking somebody's going to drop in here and take this horse for a tag. Finally, they drop in for uh, 10000 uh, They get it. It draws along the inside. The rail was pretty good on uh, Friday night. Yes. And Ruben Lozano was hot picking up two mounts, yes. one with both of them. I like the, the inside draw for this horse. They step it up in class, shows confidence, and this is Zamudio's game, so just hopefully we can get a trouble-free trip for a political gamble. Zamudio. <laughs> I almost made this horse my lock of the night. This was, was one of the alternate selections for my lock, so okay. I'm going to give the one a big push just as well like you have, So, but I'll go to the five here for second. That is La Candidata, the Palomino for Jaime Gomez. This one uh, stamped herself as a horse to watch. Breaking the maiden back in May there very impressively. And since then has, has raised some pretty good efforts there. Last time out, that was, a, that was a pretty good second behind the runaway winner, Trumper. Trumper might have been the claimed of the year, right? Definitely. Right? It was on the list for most improved horses. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so La Candidata there for second for me. 
and then I'll go to the six PJ's flying dynasty for third just because the outside post tends to break pretty well and I think uh, she could run better here from this post and Eduardo Nicasio comes back here to ride so I'll go I'll go one five six here in race number six yeah like one six and then I'm gonna go to the two L bar D razzle dazzle here for Hector Magallanes draws it to a hole you know we're not a fan of that but this horse was sharp out of state and since coming to Los Al just was running against too tough a company I think drops into the claiming ranks here so hopefully this horse just gets away from the gate we can see what it's made out of pretty good only four wins I mean only I mean four wins and 16 starts but forty thousand dollars in earnings pretty solid here yes. for this two horse so uh, I got a feeling there might be some claiming in this race there might be some claims in this race so Recap, I'll go 156. 162. All right, race number seven, the final pick three of the night. We got another allowance. Uh, 11,825 is the purse. 300 yards. We got a field of six set to go. And the morning line favorite is going to be the, the four. KR Olive Oil. Was this a lock for you this last night? Uh, yeah, lock. this was a former uh, lock of the night yeah, here for me. Got the job done. Are you going back to the well here? With KR Olive Oil. You know, I usually don't like to play Maiden stepping up against first-time winners, but, uh, you know, I had to go right back. Uh, I, mean, I like that. I, 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 I thought like this that. horse ran a really good out. You know, breaking the Maiden went 15-58. Uh, that puts this horse right here on numbers against the rest of this field. Uh, I don't think there's a lot of world beaters in here. I'm not going to you know talk too <laughs> negative, but I think we've seen the best uh, from these other horses that are in here, and I think KR Olive Oil still might have some upside. So, uh, just improving off that that maiden break last time out, you know, went 15.58. Hopefully, we can get away cleanly, and we'll see what she's got again. Oh, I, I love the way she strutted out late there, KR Olive Oil. So, of course, I'm going to agree with you here. Uh, she looked sharp. She's lightly raced, and uh, when Jaime Gomez gets gets them sharp, they tend to stay sharp. So, yes, I'm, I'm going to write back here, go back to to the four KR Olive Oil. For second, the main threat, I think it's going to be the five here. Uh, I knew you were going to pick the five, too. <laughs> yeah, the Divas Dynasty here for Paul Jones. Uh, wasn't this horse in that trial that we thought, ah, oh, this is, might be the weakest trial of the night? And boy, did Ali Bay Fools come in with a 1962 <laughs> yep. clocking. And uh, the Divas Dynasty there finished a well-beaten second, but second nonetheless. And I just think she tends to, like, throwing a little bit of clunker here in between to kind of dirty up the form mm -hmm. but i think when she's on her game she's she's uh she's very sharp as well so four five and six walk on by blues i'm gonna draw a line throughout that effort last time out i was visually impressed with that maiden breaking score two starts back in 1553 from the outside post she gets back to the outside post mm -hmm. she gets back uh, against easier group uh she definitely has a shot here so four five six all to the outside for me here in race number seven yeah i like four i like the six walk on by blues i like drawing the outside and that it's not totally on the outside like it was in the nine hole so i think as long as ulysses keeps his horse straight out of there uh should be right there in the end and i'm gonna go to the two okay. bud break for a little bit of a price that horse i've been chasing that horse you know that horse was a lock of the night on debut was it all the way back I, this was an early favorite i, yeah. I know that yeah I, we we liked the the works early on he kind of got into a bad form like maybe three four five starts back now he tends to be back in in good form yeah i usually don't like horses uh that break really almost too good and i think that's that happened last time out in the 330 was up by a length early and got run down 
but I'm going to fire back here because he's shortening up 30 yards. He would have won that race and goes from uh, Carlos Huerta, who's been cold. He, he's been uh, hot to start the, the new year, mm -hmm. but you know, I'm still looking. Los Al's year-round, <laughs> yes. so I kind of lose track of time <laughs> where everything is. Uh, goes to Gasca. And hopefully second time off, the, the claim can get this horse a winner circle All photo. Right. Recap, I'll go 4-5-6. 4-6-2. All right, there's two races left. You know what time it is. The late daily double. Not only is the late daily double time, I'm hearing that this is the lock yes. of the night. Lock of the night for Curtis here in race number eight. Tell me who it is. Uh, yeah, he came in second as my lock last time, so I'm hoping we don't uh, repeat history. <laughs> I'm going back to the three, just bet yeah. me. Horses ultra sharp ever since uh, I needed uh, being him badly gelded. last time. I wanted someone to beat Twisted Sifter. Yeah, Twisted Sifter oh, was just, yeah, it's too, too good. What did he win? Eight? I, I think know. he won Something eight last ridiculous. year. Something ridiculous. But, uh, you know, just racing in top form, you know, first or second is all you see on the page since coming to Rodolfo Viramontes. Um, shortens up from, from 400 to 330. I think, you know, from 300 to 350 is this horse's uh, best distances. The 400 just couldn't contain Twisted Sifter enough late. Trumper is looking really good, mm -hmm. but is going to get the class test tonight. And if Trumper can beat Just Bet Me, uh, he's definitely definitely on his way to some handicapped company. But uh, I'm going to go for Just Bet Me as the lock of the night. If Just Bet Me, uh, Just Bet Me actually contributed to the Apple Watch Fund. Did he? All the way back <laughs> on California Breeders' Champions Night. That that very nice exact that there were diamond blue eyes. Uh, I, if Jess Bet Me would have been five to two versus Trumper, this would have been my lock too. We okay. kind of we would have overlapped. Yeah. In this spot, I I just like him a lot. He he he's very very sharp since since getting that break from January to June and switching the barns. Uh, so I, I I'm I'm really high on Jess Bet Me as well. Two to one. You know what? I think you'll get two to one. Yeah. Because I think Trumper with that very sharp form will get bet down. So. Uh, I'm, I'm hopeful that that Jess Bebby could get two to one here. I'll pick him on top. Of course, Trumper. Excuse me, Trumper deserves all the respect because of those big, big four uh, four wins now in a row. But the last two have been visually impressive, really, yep. really strong. Uh, Ayala stays aboard. Ayala has been aboard for those two, and now in the barn of Jaime Gomez. So uh, Trumper there uh, definitely looks like like a big threat. And then I'll go to the six energetic on the outside for Scott Willoughby. Uh, looked like a winner two starts back and just lost that, that tough, tough uh, head photo there after rallying from off the pace. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to give the, the six a shot from the outside. So four, five, six. Once again, I'm going to the outside here in race number eight. Yeah, I got the same thing. I got three, five, six. Funny, we're both against the Revenant. Yes. The, you know, one of the, the top horses well, that was here my, for a long time. Remember, that was my big play against on that California Breeders' Champions yes. night. And he ran flat. And then, of course, he won next time out at four to one. Yeah, uh, he, for, I think he killed us for all. For sure, he, that beat, night. he beat us all. <laughs> for me, he completely killed me that night. And then a seventh and an eighth. Uh, I'm not sold. I'm not yeah. sold. So yeah, thanks for regaining the form. Uh, <laughs> yes. I mean, we were all on Remember the Rose that yes, night. Who uh -huh. I think flew out of there and was right there with the Revenant, and he just couldn't hold on. But. I, I think we both see. I don't think 3.30 is to the Revenant's liking. No. Uh, I think this might be a prep for uh, an, another big race down the line for Cooper. And he draws the rail, so uh, I'm, I'm totally against the Revenant. I think we just put him in the winner's circle right now. <laughs> <laughs> Again, recap, I go 3.56. 3.56. All right. The featured event, the Grade 1 Charger Bar Handicap, $100,000 purse here, 400 yards of the distance, another full field of 10 to cap off the night. Thermal Nuclear Energy. Draws the outside. Mm -hmm. Are you with? 
or against Thermo? I am with Thermo. Yeah, all right, I, th- all right. th- I think it's best case scenario. Yeah, that, best case scenario. Uh, that she got the outside. I, you know, she hasn't won the Charger Bar. No. Uh, so she lost last year uh, to Kitty Up Cowgirl. Who's in this Who's also in here. Uh, you know, probably going to try and drop another bomb yes. here. 20 to 1 mm-hmm. on the morning line again. And then further on down the page, uh, ran 10th. But that was when uh, she wasn't breaking that well. But here, you know, draws the outside pose. Perfect in case she doesn't break that well. Still has a lot of room to maneuver there and should be rolling light. Yeah, thermonegal energy there. I agree with you. Uh, 9 for 25 lifetime. She she tends to close with a big with a big punch. Draws the outside. This is her race to lose just because of the outside post. You talked about how she finished second in this event last year by a neck to Kitty of Cowgirl. Uh, she actually won the Las Damas last year versus this year. She finished second in the Las Damas. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's see if she can turn the tables on her rivals in this spot. I'll pick the 10 on top. My long shot of the night is going to be the 7 here, Matilda Check. Ooh, for okay. Jesus Nunez, 8-1 to one on the morning line. Uh, stumbled last time out. I thought she had a big, big shot last time out. She lost all chance. I'm going to give it her shot. Give her another shot at a juicy price of 8-1. to one, And I think we'll get every bit of that 8-1 to one here, uh, given the competition. So 10, 7, and then the 3 here. One sweet racy uh, who was able to get the, the distaff win last time out. That's a heavy favorite. She had to work for it, yes. but she got the job done yeah. there uh, for Cody Jensen and Chris Although Actually, Eduardo was aboard that night. Cody Jensen takes over the mount tonight. So 10-7-3 for me here in the grade one charger bar. Yeah, like 10, and then I'm going to go to the 8. Love to reason BR. Uh, horse has been really sharp since coming to Monia Rosa's barn here. Uh, has won two out of three, won the Blaine Schwanevelt, and then got bumped there in the John Ward and finished evenly, then came back into Los Damas and was game all the way after getting bumped. It beat Thermonuclear, beat Jess Moss along the inside. Uh, this is a horse that can get out there early and uh, you know I think has no problem with the 400 yards. Should be right there again. And then I'm gonna go to the three, one sweet racy, who's you know looking ultra sharp right now for uh, Chris O'Dell. But I didn't like the way that she barely held on against Tickle Your Fancy. Oh, yeah. uh, but if she can just regain that form uh, to early on in the year, I, I think she'll be just fine. It is drawn between Kitty Up Cowgirl and Splendid Cause. Two, two horses I don't really think can match her early, so should be pretty good here in the ninth. That's, that's going to be a very good addition of the Charger Bar. Against, again, the allowance to close out the early pick four is strong. Yep. And, of course, the field in the grade one Charger Bar is strong as well. Recap, I'll go 10-7-3. 10-8-3. Yeah, that's a, that's a very, that's, that could be a nice trifecta and superfecta kind of race. Uh, breaking news, breaking news just coming through the desk right now. I'm hearing, Professor G just slipped a note. He's saying you're paying pizza, you're finally paying up a pizza? <laughs> is, that, is, that, is, that, is that really what <laughs> constitutes breaking uh, news hey, here? Hey, we're, 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 uh, we're, we, get, we get paid by the slice, so. <laughs> We are, anytime we can get pizza, uh, it's a good thing. Yes, I'll be bringing pizza tomorrow. Uh, right. One thing I was gonna say, I, I tried Wingstop for the first time. Uh, for the first, first time. First time. You know, we have a couple around here. Uh, uh, the wait, only other what? place. <laughs> That's breaking news. That is breaking news right well, now. Uh, George always comes in with Wingstop. Oh, I love Wingstop. And, and so he's always coming in, and he's just got like a bevy of food when he comes in. It's just a big spread. <laughs> So finally, the wife, uh, we wanted to try a new place, so uh, I had never been there, so I went, and it was really it good. Was you, good. You're a taco guy. I'm yeah. a chicken strip yeah. guy, mm-hmm. and I will say they were some of the best chicken strips I've ever oh. had. I got the, the honey-smoked 
barbecue, I think it yeah. was. And then they had other sides of barbecue oh, on yeah. top of that. Oh, it's other fries. It was the really fries good. Fries are legit. They have like the seasoning on the, yep. on the fries. I mean, they're they're as good as they come. Round of applause to April <laughs> for getting Curtis to a new establishment. Yeah, I'm I'm not the uh, you know the the how how do I put? It? I don't have the largest menu around. No, you don't. No, you know I I stay within my confines <laughs> here. But uh, if you ever come to Los Al, it's over here on Valley View, close by. Yes. If you want to stop there before the races, I don't know why I need to plug Wingstop. Everybody's <laughs> eating there, but me. But it was really good. But pizza tomorrow night. By the way. Did you see, speaking of chicken, did you see my tweet about Raising Cane's yes. versus Chick-fil-A? It's not true. Have you tried Raising Cane's? Yes, I have. Their chicken is good. <sighs> but they don't have barbecue that sauce. Is, that is the thing. <laughs> Their sauces suck. That was my follow-up yes. tweet. Their sauces absolutely suck. <laughs> we kind of talked about this when I, I told you I was out uh, your area in yeah. San Bernardino that I went to that one restaurant chain, Baker's, and they didn't have any barbecue oh, ba sauce. Baker's for, for, the, for the Inland <laughs> Empire people. Uh, all the people that live out there past once you started getting corona okay. like Ontario yeah you see this chain called Baker's uh, they're like a mix of like an in and out and maybe a, a Del Taco because mm -hmm. they sell hard shell tacos and they sell burgers yeah uh, and you tried it for the first time you were out in Hamlet yeah, yeah. you tried it pretty good yeah i had a i had a chicken sandwich from out there i didn't even get the chicken strips but i wanted to put some barbecue sauce on it and they're like sorry sir we don't have barbecue sauce so bakers and canes <laughs> uh, you're on the naughty list you need some barbecue sauce <laughs> and by the way i was i tweeted about canes because uh they recently opened vocations out here in southern california in the last year or so yeah i, I had had it out in vegas yeah, that's, that's where i had yeah. it i seen it in vegas i have not had it there but i had seen it in vegas so yeah, Racing Canes now in my rotation with uh, Chick-fil-A and Popeyes, <laughs> of course. Uh, anything else for the after show? Uh, oh, uh, Mean Gene came through the, through the desk, yes. passed away. I mean, what an icon in the wrestling yeah. business. If you could bring credibility to a, a cast of just maniacs, a Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Warrior, yeah. uh, Macho Man, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, Mean yeah. Gene, you yeah. know, he, Everybody, yeah. uh, and he would just keep a straight face yeah. through all the craziness that yes. was going on. Mean Gene, uh, no matter if he was in WWF or WCW, uh, one of the few guys to jump to different companies, uh, just a legend. Uh, and I can't believe uh, I can't believe he's gone. He always popped up uh, from time to time. Just for that, we got to bring in the Hitman team. <laughs> I mean, uh, one of the one of the people that made their interviews fun, without a doubt. Like all the craziness that there was going, yeah. like the show they would put on. And he would look at Mean Gene, and he would have that same face uh, throughout the throughout the whole spiel. Yeah, the best, uh, you know, you go back and you could look up interviews on YouTube, and of course Mean Gene's right there, but one of the best things to do is go and look up where they actually got Mean Gene to crack. You know, some of yeah. the things they yeah. would say, he finally couldn't <laughs> yeah. contain himself. You know, when the Warriors talking about putting people <laughs> in the rocket yeah. ship and going up to outer space, and Mean Gene's just like... You know, that's a very good point, Warrior. What are you going to do next? You know, <laughs> but yeah, that was just a sad day. I, one of one of my uh, childhood heroes, Mean Gene, passed away. Yeah, he passed away, uh, I want to say late 60s, early 70s? I think he was uh, in his 70s, yeah. And yeah. Uh, God, he had just, he had been around so long. One, one of the things, one of the uh, the promos that, that sticks out of my mind is when 
Hogan and, and Macho Man uh, join forces. And yeah, like, the mega power. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> and they're like, cl- they're like clamping the, yeah. the handshake. And yeah, it was like, definitely a weird handshake <laughs> yeah. by Macho yeah. Man there. It was like, a weird grip yeah. he had on there. <laughs> and Hogan's like, oh, yeah, brother. <laughs> yes, we got Oh, that was as big as it got when uh, yeah. they finally yeah. teamed up. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, but Mean Gene was kind of the glue that held that world all together that you thought, wow, this is actually legit. Yeah, yeah, so... Uh, in the wrestling world, there uh, uh, Nikon of the of the of our, our era, our childhood era. Yep, that's for sure. Mean Gene passing away in 2019. One thing I want to ask you is: Are you? Is there trouble in paradise in LA Land with the Lakers? It sure looks like it. I mean, to to struggle against the Knicks at home. Everything looked to be roses after LeBron goes down in the Christmas game against the Warriors. And the, and they you, still crush them. Yeah. You think, okay, well, here comes the Warriors because LeBron's gone. Now they've had, they blew the lead against the Kings, and then they couldn't handle the Knicks. Uh, it just looks like a lot of indecision around yep. and poor coaching by Luke Walton also. Now, my question to you is, is everyone on the table now? Before, we're like, Lonzo and Ingram are definitely off the table as far as tread line, tread deadline goes. Now, I'm starting to feel no one's safe. I think Lonzo is safe because he has been proven to be a really good defender uh-huh. on other point guards. But I think Ingram is, he, uh, yeah, is on the chopping block mm-hmm. because it doesn't look like he plays well. He doesn't play his game along with LeBron. I think Ingram needs to be the main threat on a team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kuzma seems to gel really well uh, with LeBron, but I think Ingram, who uh, you know they were really high on early, I think he's the, the main piece uh, in case they try and go out and get Anthony Davis or another superstar. The, there were some big-time trades early in the season, and there are some teams that absolutely wanted Ingram part of the deal, and you could tell the Lakers were like, no way. He's, yeah. he's untouchable. Now I'm like, ooh, th- this, they, they might be able to to talk themselves into giving him up. Yeah, I, there was a, an article that said that this time right now that LeBron's out, they're actually using this to evaluate yeah. which talent they think uh, is stepping up and which talent they think are, are expendable. But uh, I think it's it's Ingram, I think uh, Caldwell Pope, and Josh Hart. I, I think uh, they're definitely on the trade block there. I think Lonzo and Kuzma are safe. And, you know, there's a, there's a guy I follow on Twitter by the name of uh, Rob Paris, Worldwide Wob. He's always uh, talking about basketball and tweeting about basketball stuff. And when when that when uh, LeBron went uh, down in that Golden State game, uh-huh. his tweet one of his first tweets immediately was like, "What if this is a fake injury from LeBron, and he oh. just wants he just wants to go to the to the to the locker room and watch the rest of this game so that he can see which youngsters are able to hold the pressure against the Warriors." I mean, that could be... Hit the conspiracy on that one. When when I seen that tweet, when I seen that tweet, I was like, whoa, like, that's next level stuff. That's not the first person to say it. I I, I could actually believe that they had the game in hand, and, you know, maybe LeBron's uh, wondering who needs to be uh, with him on the ship and who needs to go. I read it, and I was like, whoa, 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 this makes a ton of sense. Yeah. Because somewhere in there, like, one of the sideline reporters came back, he's like, Guys, I'm just getting that LeBron is not going to come back, but I'm hearing words that he is able to watch the game in the locker room. Oh, really? Yeah. See, I, I know he's already back to shooting, yes. and uh, he's having treatment on the groin, so you know it's not that serious. 
And uh, I could see him right now. They're, I don't think uh, they're floundering as much as people thought they were. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, they're going to make the playoffs. Even Professor G, <laughs> who's totally against them, he was asking me what seed they thought. So even he thinks they're legit. But, uh, yeah, I, I think uh, there's a lot of evaluating going on right now. I, I, I'm sure they're probably putting out feelers uh, to see what teams uh, want what pieces so they could, could make a deal. I was, you know which one I was sad we didn't get was... Uh, Ariza. They oh, couldn't yeah. put that deal oh, together yeah. for Trevor Ariza. Get him back thought, to the Lakerland, back yeah. to where he won a title. I thought that would have been uh, you know, uh, some good length and some good outside shooting, which the Lakers are. I, I, I don't know the you know exact percentages from three-point land, but, but they are shooting the words like they're the Warriors. Yeah. And they are just clanking yeah. left and right, which is that's why I say uh, they're not getting uh, a lot of coaching from, from Walton because they need to be going inside. Now my question to you is, do you think Walton will be coaching next year? I think they'll give him one more year, and then after that, I think uh, I think they're going to start looking for a more experienced coach. I think they pulled the trigger a little too early on Walton. Because I mean, they seen oh the words are unstoppable. Yes. Let's, let's get one of their assistants. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't think that's you can't base no. <laughs> base hiring off of taking over one of the greatest teams uh, you know put together, you know and to give him all the credit when you know it's it's already done by Kerr yeah he's uh, just taking a little leave of absence and uh, Walton was just the interim coach I don't think you should base that off of that I think he should have gone to another team and then proved his worth I, because when when uh, Kerr was taking that time off it's it, I would think of, of the words as kind of like it's like a like a heater if, if it gets unplugged what are you going to do just plug it back in and it's going to get back to work exactly right? <laughs> I don't think there was anything real like decision wise or play wise going on by Walton so hey but he is he was a Lex Laker he was true in that assistant staff he was with the Warriors so uh, yeah they made that decision but I think it's more it, it's more about the players and the coach in this spot true uh, I, I totally agree with that um, you've even posted they look hesitant when they're shooting they do um, I think it's like it, nobody wants the ball yeah they they don't their game is transition right they're they're all about pace going up and down the floor yeah. well when they get put into a half court set yeah they do not no. look like they have any clue what <laughs> no, they're doing exactly. it's one guy you know trying to penetrate and then kicking it out and the next guy boom goes in tries to penetrate and he keeps, <laughs> and then they just shoot a three-pointer <laughs> clank they go the other way so they're you know they should be running a lot more set plays i think and uh, they just look inexperienced right now without LeBron. Whenever the ball goes up, there's no confidence that you're you're like, oh, this one's going in. No, no shot. The only thing I like is when the ball goes up, McGee and Chandler are always trying to tip the ball back out. <laughs> By the way, did did you hear that uh, Giannis? What's how do you pronounce his name? Antica, don't even ask. Antica Antetokounmpo. <laughs> I usually can pronounce things, but I don't. I don't even try with that well, one. Well, I seen this this. I want to say this tweet or this Instagram post that Giannis said. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna wrestle with a rock. What? I'll kill him on the ring. That's that's what that's what happened. That's what I read. Look, Giannis is a big boy, uh, but I don't think the Bucks want him going anywhere near a ring anytime soon. They they finally got an absolute superstar in him. I don't think that he's probably not even allowed to to ride a tricycle uh, outside of the court. By the way, when he said I kill him. I think the next sentence said, I'm just playing. I would, not, I would get killed. <laughs> yeah, he better. The Rock's like an absolute beast. I, I think uh, once you see The Rock outside of the ring and now he's in movies and TV shows, you're just like, God, look how big that guy is. <laughs> I know. So uh, East, I think the East is a four-horse race. Sixers, uh, Raptors, 
Milwaukee and it could be Indiana or uh, Celtics. Actually, it's Celtics. Yeah. Indiana's doing real good right now. Yeah. But I'm not sure if they can maintain this pace the rest of the season. Yeah, I was watching the, the Raptors, and uh, I don't think I give them their due because, you know, we always say they're just going to get to the playoffs yeah, and, yeah, yeah. you know, get thrown out right away. But with Kawhi, I mean, they're looking they're looking really good. Uh, the Bucks, I think, are now in that area where they're the ones. They're looking they're looking amazing. Yes, you know, they with are. Giannis, they're, they're looking great. But uh, let's see what they can do uh, come playoff time. And the Celtics, I don't think they're a huge threat. You know, they don't look too good to me. I mean, uh, Kyrie, he, he's obviously he's playing great. Um, and who was the other one we were? Gordon Hayward, uh, 76ers. Um, uh, and the, the Sixers are another one. Uh, sometimes they look good and sometimes they, they look, look really yeah. bad. So uh, I think it is the Raptors, but we'll see. You'll come clutch time if they can pull it off. I, I'm more, look, I, I would love the league to get away with, with East-West. Just make it one big lead, top yeah. 16, uh, make it a seeded event. Because uh, I just think it's it will be much more interesting than having just the east and the west there's been talks about it uh hopefully they they do it i think it will make the league even more fun yeah i i don't know i'm i'm kind of a traditionalist there's always been so much dominance lately yeah you know, that they've come into question so i don't i haven't really thought about it too much but as far as i'm concerned they they can keep it the same that would be fine to me uh I, how about uh your clippers though oh hey they're they're flying under the radar i like it they, I like that all the all the, the the attention is on the troubles with the Lakers right that now. That is true. And the Clippers are, are <laughs> knocking it out. How about the superhero comment? Are, are they still superheroes, like uh, Professor G says? <laughs> is that what he said? Yes. Somebody <laughs> on the internet or some somebody wrote an article calling them a team of superheroes. Really? And, and uh, finally, he he knocked off that act that they were superheroes <laughs> since they've been struggling as of late. You know, they're not on, as on fire. They're still yeah. playing solid basketball, yeah. but they're not on the run they were. I'm but. gonna say this. I do what I do like about the Clippers is that all all their young cores are are playing well. All their young guys, uh, Shy there is playing great. Gilgis Alexander, uh, Tobias Harris there of course. Uh, Boban is getting minutes there uh, and off the bench. Lou Will is dropping 30s, 30-point games. Uh, and what I like best about the Clippers this year is that they're actually closing out games. They couldn't close out games when they had Griffin and CP3 and DeAndre. Yep. These young guys, they're, they're, they're closing out games in the third and fourth quarters. Yeah, I think that was always the thing between uh, Chris Paul and, and Redick. I know that was one thing. we Redick could hardly make a big shot yeah. uh, when it counted. Then Blake, you know, I always said, you can't, you can't win with that guy being uh, your main guy. And Chris Paul was always a fighter, but he always come up with his hamstring injury. That's injuries. what's going on right now. He's out. Yeah, and that's what's uh, plaguing the Rockets. But sweet Lou, God, he's, you guys miss him. You guys miss <laughs> he, him right now. He's so fun to watch. He yeah. just goes out there. What's he weigh? Eighty pounds, soaking wet, and he can go up against anybody, and he gets his buckets. Hey, he he's he just does a little the little uh, pick and roll set top yep. of the top of the key. Yep. He gets to the, one of those corners. It's automatic. Automatic is going in. Yeah, him and then uh, I call uh, Harris, old Tobias. I call him Mellow Light. <laughs> Mellow Light. I don't know why, but he he looks exactly like a like a yeah, young, young Carmelo Mellow Anthony yeah. with that headband. He doesn't age like Carmelo Anthony. Uh, he plays a little bit better defense yes. too than Mellow. So that's a little <laughs> bit NBA talk and and the great one Charger bar there on Sunday night, and uh, that's pretty much it. We'll see you guys next week. All right, bye everybody.